Hey guys, this episode was brought to you by the Magic Art Show Art Expedition at GP Las Vegas 2017 Kickstarter. Uh, if you guys want to check out some sweet art and look at what they're going to be doing at GP Vegas this year, go to their Kickstarter. It ends this Friday. So go to www.kickstarter.com and search Magic Art Show Art Expedition at GP Las Vegas 2017 by Josh Krause. Uh, it's going to be the largest magic art expedition in the world, and it's going to happen at GP Vegas this year. Thank you guys, and we'll see you guys after the music. Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Moth. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, everybody? It's another set review. This is really exciting. Yeah, we got a new set. It's like they keep coming out every three months. This one like has they, some that's cool what they do. Cards, man. This has some really I, cool Okay, cards. so like before we get well, the people that don't know, we used to do it where we'd count down our top ten, like our top ten episodes against each other. But we realized for set reviews, it's more fun just to go through the cards we think are interesting and cool. Talk about what you might be able to do with them and what we think about it. But before we get into that, this set is sick. Set's really sick. Uh, like there's like so many things in this set that are just like things in magic cards that I like. I mean, there's sweet lands, there's like sweet rares, there's cool commons, there's cool like weird outside the box rares. Yeah, it, it oozes value, not from a expensive perspective, but from a like every card is worth like worst case scenario is a cantrip. <laughs> um Flashback is one of the mechanics. Do split cards. It's like half split cards, half flashback, half unhearth, half flashback. Like all these like classic mechanics that I just love generally. It, they're all back. This is like definitely a set that I'm all about. Minus one, minus one counters is really cool. We've had plus one, plus one counters since New Phyrexia, I think. We have yet another version of Unknown Shores, which was originally called... What the heck was the card called? This thing where you pay one and you filter? Yeah, but this one's a desert, which means there are ways to tutor it in this oh, format. Oh, I didn't even and, realize and that. The, the word is that Nicol Bolas is set, so the next one, Fatal Hour, I think. Sure. Uh, don't quote me on that. Um, is going to be more desert tribally. Like, it's going to lean more into the desert stuff. They felt like deserts were more Nicol Bolas and less... For whatever reason, well, so I really like the desert stuff, so I'm into that. Yeah, I, I love desert. I'm. I want more. I want more land tribal. I think that's a cool space that they don't hit up as much as they want. I agree. We need I more agree. locusts, really. Yes, <laughs> just more <laughs> locusts. Uh, yeah. So, so I mean, as far as the mechanics go, embalm. Um, what's, what's your thoughts on embalm? Embalm's really good. I mean, look, they. You've said before, and I have then added to the fact that flashback. Ha is and kicker were like two mechanics that when they were originally printed were not supposed to be these like this will be the only version of this we ever get they were like very very general generic uh keywords that have then been built on with other versions and i think that embalm essentially being creature flashback is right. like why did you, it's you almost wish that flashback didn't exist as the keyword flashback like embalm you can is do part of other cool things with it that's not doesn't always feel yeah, and, and part of that is I also like early Magic didn't realize that they needed to carve out uh, design space to be long, long-term, have freedom to do new stuff. They were like, oh, we're only going to exist for five years, so let's do what we think about, and this is cool. Yeah, I think I think Embalm's awesome. I think especially 
the <laughs> stuff like that card that uh, that three three flyer for five with cycling that embalms for the same cost. Mm -hmm. That's like cycling and embalm is so yep. sick. And then uh, I mean that curtails right into cycling, which I think you know is one of the top mechanics of all time, along with flashback. Like that's what's cool about this set is the main mechanics are both two of the best mechanics ever printed. You told me the other day when I was like, oh, do you think such and such thing is playable? And you were like, yes. Look, if it has the word cycling printed on it, it has to be absolutely ridiculously bad to not be playable in my mind. Yeah. And I think you're kind of right. Like, yeah. Cycling is so good. So I went, literally I did not lose a match all pre-release. I played in three of the five events available, didn't lose one. And that's because cycling is insane. <laughs> you just like play a deck with a lot less cards in it, basically, and like everybody likes action. It like yeah. it's nice to be able to look at your opening hand and be like, well, whether this has one card or three or four cards that are relevant, if three or four of the cards in my hand are cyclers, it's like no problem. I'll have action. Yeah, you hit your land turns. drops. You have better chances of hitting your land drops. You have six drops. You can play like six six, six drops. You can play like seven of them because worst case scenario, you cycle three of them away. You like every card. Yeah, it's. I mean, then their cards not the play. Like their cards are definitely more mediocre cycling cards. There's like the fog that you have to have a very specific deck that's going to take advantage of it. It's the blue green ramp deck for everyone wondering. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you have the like white untap a creature, prevent all damage to it. That's like a fine combat trick, but it's really not going to do a whole lot. So there's definitely effects that aren't like, oh man, it has cycling. We should play it. But like in general, most of the cycling cards are at least. A five. I had two copies of the white and five three three flyer that cycles for a white in my deck. The little angel thing. Oh yeah, my my two hundred giant. I had two of those and two of the black part of that, and I had the demon, and I literally like one turn cycled one into another one into another one into another oh. one and did minus four minus four to everything on it the just other side. Wrecked your bonus board. <laughs> so I, ha I had the demon as well, but the white card. What I thought was interesting is that like I cycle it a hundred percent of the time, unless I drew it late in the game. Unless I drew it, I top decked it late. I always cycle it in my opening hand, and I was thinking about: is that correct, or is like because it's such a high casting cost card? So, so the way I was playing with cycling is in this draft format and limited format. There are so many things that trigger off of cycling that unless I need to hit a land drop, absolutely, or I need to hit something that turn, or I have a cycling trigger on this on the board, I would save it till later. Got it. Especially okay. with those one drop ones where. It's not hard to like have them play a four drop later. and the one extra one mana that you can cycle with if you need to. Sure. Versus like the two drop ones are the ones that I'm more willing to think about cycling early because you only have mana right now for that and it's harder to play. So maybe I was too aggressive then in, in my cycling. It's it's totally possible. It's just that action thing I said. So you just want action. You want action. Anyway, guys, yep. we're gonna get into the whole review here. If you want to follow along, you can find me at Ben Bateman Media. I'm at Kess Wiley. The podcast is at the MM Cast on Instagram. Facebook. You should make sure to check out our Facebook. We're going to start posting uh, content there more regularly. Uh, make sure to look at our um, Patreon. It's where we are able to do all the cool things we do. We're working on getting a cool live video version of the podcast that yeah. that that the Patreon is going to help kind of accomplish. Where we we you know Ben went to the team GP and we got you know we brought two We're teammates going to, to it. Vegas. We're going to go to GP Vegas, meet with people, and, and kind of the point is the Patreon helps us do cool magic content and create cool stuff uh, for you guys. Uh, and it's the reason we're able to do this podcast, and we've been doing it for almost 130 episodes. So we really thank all the people on the Patreon. Uh, really appreciate it. It's also the best place to get the Lifelinker background. So there's a app yeah. that the Collected.Company website, Jimmy and Josh, uh, that is where we live. 
that is the other main place to find us is at collected.company. But they released this new app. It's called LifeLinker. It's a uh, basic uh, life link, you know, life total counter. You can play up to, I think, six players, maybe more. Um, in the base version, you get to pick players, but if you pay, I think it's $1.99, you get to start changing names and customize color backgrounds. But also, if you donate to our Patreon or Patreon of a bunch of different cool content collectors like Wedge from M the Mana Source, Toleria Community College, uh, Loading Ready Run, you get the cool background from them, and you can get ours, which is our sweet lightning bolt. And also, guys, on the website, if you go yeah. to Patreon. And the last thing and to donate, point out to is, is that I am on this app called Anchor, which is like podcast meets Twitter, and it's like little short-form audio blurbs where I talk about magic for 10 minutes every single day. I have a show called 10 Minutes of Magic. It's really cool. And uh, I do a thing on Thursdays called Throwdown Thursdays now, where every Thursday in the morning, I announce it, and you can call in, and I play a match of magic over the radio, effectively, one turn at a time for the course of a few days against one listener a week. And I've, I've done five of them. They're really fun. The rules are a little bit different. It's just very, very much like Haymaker Mental Magic. And if you beat me in Mental Magic, you'll get a lifelinker code. That's what we've, Alex and I have talked yep. about that. He's, yep. That he's, is the way if you, if like you're strapped for catch or you're donating to all the other guys on the thing and you want to maybe do something a little bit cooler, you can get lucky and be one of the few, the person that week to try and beat Ben at Mental Magic. And if you win, free lifelinker code. It's really fun. And it's like the, the world gets to hear my turns and your turns. We can talk about it. It's, it's definitely very cool. So just go download the app, anchor.fm, and follow my station, 10 Minutes of Magic. And if you call in Thursday, we'll play some magic and get a lifelinker app. Anyway, let's get into the episode. Let's talk about the set. Yeah. So first card, you actually kind of talked about it a little bit already. We're going to do it in order of uncommon to rare to mythic rare. I don't think we have any commons from this set on this list. Number one is Aketra's Attendant. Three white white. Bird, soldier, flying, cycling, two, embalm, five, three, three. It's pretty fringe for modern, but in terms of having long game, I mean, it is pretty powerful. The fact that it cycles and embalms, like, it's an instant speed draw card. That's, you're going to do that 90% of the time. It gets a creature in your graveyard, which is super relevant to delirium-like shenanigans. And getting a 3-3 three, three for 5 out of your graveyard is probably going to be pretty decent. Like, Lingering Souls is fine. Like, flashback spells are powerful. And, like, anytime you have a flashback spell, you have to kind of look at it and see, is this viable? And this has the cycling effect to it, so it's not even, like, a bad card on one side. It's just always going to be draw a card, and then you basically draw two cards. You draw whatever card you draw with cycling and a 5-5 five, five flyer for 3, or 3-3 three, three, flyer for 5. I definitely think it's powerful, and I, I think, you know, Delve is a big thing in modern, like, powering up your graveyard, you know, that's that's a good thing to do. The yeah, fact that... Tomagoy figure. I mean, I, I think the fact that it's a 3-3 three, three is an issue, but, sure. but uh, you know, it's right on the fringes. This card's good. I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody had a one-of show up in some competitive deck soon, just being like, uh, you don't realize how good this actually is. There's a lot of value. And Lightning's Bolt's worse than it used to be. It, it dodges Fatal Push. It's a five drop, so... Yep. I guess the token does not, though. That's a zero. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, next is Cast Out. There's going to be some cycle here. This is the Flash O-Ring that has cycling for one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For four, right? Yeah. So this is another... One of the big ones on this is, once again, is the Delirium Tarmogoyf conversation. Is This is an enchantment you can get in your graveyard for one white. Yeah. And you draw a card. And that, just by itself, is something to look at. And the fact that it's a Flash Exile target permanent, non-land permanent, is like pretty close anyways, even for four mana. We were already living in the world of Delirium before the set. This set really is going to turn on Delirium. The number of enchantments that have side... Well, lane. that's something they said, is that both... Uh, that they, like, m purposely added mechanics into Amaket with the idea of maybe helping Delirium. The big one was uh, the two... the double cards. 
because a lot of them are instants and sorceries because they were like, how do you do an instant sorcery? Oh, interesting. And that's kind of where they're at is you get both sides. That's really cool. Yeah. I think this card's good. I don't think this card's going to see a lot of play, but I could see this as a one-of in a deck that wants to achieve Delirium. If you're, if you're in a color, I, I can see this seeing play over O-Ring most of the time now. But those decks don't play O-Ring, so this is in a, this is in a specific right, right. deck. Yeah. yeah. Um, Number three. Number three is Bone Picker. This is four mana. Bone Picker is one black, three colorless. Bird, three, two, flyer, death touch. Bone Picker costs three less to cast if a creature died this turn. I've had a lot of people talk to me about this card. So it's a it's a possible th- one mana three two flyer death touch. Wow. Um, you have to have something die that turn, and it could be something on your opponent's side. So you can literally lightning bolt play this on your turn two if they have a creature in play. Huh. Uh, you can also just play any sack creature that you just sack and die for value. So if there's a creature that you can pay for one mana, sack it, and then it dies. The best one I think because you can get this on turn one now. Wild Canter. Uh, is that the one that you sack for a mana of any color? The hybrid green red guy, yes, that guy. Yeah, that's yeah. where I was going too. Yeah, I was yeah. Looking so him you, up. Can, you can play Wild Canter and then play this on that same turn. You um, can also like you can. All <laughs> Whoa, that's crazy! So you could spear guide into a Wild Canter turn one and then sack Canter to play the three two. Yeah, but I don't. So, I don't even think you need the spear guide. It doesn't co- it cost mana to, to tap her and make a mana. No, no, actually, it's true. You play him for one, and then you sacrifice him to get one, and yeah. then you play the guy. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You don't even need a spear guide. You no, literally no. just play this guy into the three two. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. And and the stuff like you can worst case scenario, you like walking ballista for zero if you really need to get that three two. I think that's wrong at that point. But there's other things you can do that get it in the play on turn one if you want that turn one play. But turn two is completely serviceable. Any removal spell gets it in as well. Yeah, I mean bone picker. That sounds like a good card. So like the black delver of secret. I like pretty much missed that card. Interesting. Yeah. Next. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, start to finish. This is a uh, two colors, one white. Create two white warrior creature tokens with vigilance, and then finishes one black, two colorless as an additional cost. Sacrifice a creature, destroy target creature. Okay, it's a removal spell from your graveyard. It's a three mana flashback removal spell. Yes, you have to sacrifice something, but it's a th- uh, what's it called? It's um, bone splitters. It's three mana flashback bone splitters, which is pretty good, and it comes with a. Uh, Lingering Souls on the front half. They don't have Flying. They have Vigilance, which is definitely not as good. But it, it does a lot of different things that are things to pay attention to. Incidental value, guys. If the front, if one half of the spell is even remotely good, the fact that you get the back half is like... there's One of these one of these split cards we're going to talk about at some point is basically... Uh, not Tragic Slip. It's, it's, hero, it's Hero's Downfall with something, like with the value. Mm-hmm. And that's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, like all the flashback cards are good. Yeah, the, they are in modern even. You know, there are like, off the top of my head, I can name at least five turn. You know, stand definitively playable modern cards that are flashback. Yep, this does similar things. I can see this in black white tokens very easily as a one of. There's still one ofs, but the value is there. Yeah, definitely, it just gives you more reach. Yep. Uh, next is Lord of the Accursed. Two three for three. All zombie other zombie creatures get plus one plus one. You can give all zombies menace until end of turn for a black and one and tap right. It's a black and one and tap. Correct. He's uh, he is the first example we're going to talk about on this show, this episode about the zombie tribe in this set being supported and why we think that there's possibly a future in we it. Know, we now have had in the last year, as of today, uh, a lot of zombie tribal print, a lot of zombie cards printed. This one doesn't do anything for it. There's already this card exists in some well, so, form. Already. So the reason I brought this up is because we were talking about this earlier. One of the things that Zombies is missing that Merfolk has is a ability to get grant evasion, and this has attached to it the ability to give all your zombies menace, which is evasion. So this could be 
I don't think it's the main lord you play with. I think you want the he's other lords that are that. But as a one of that just is allows you to like alpha strike someone once in a while. Yep. He's got a pretty strong pedigree on that end. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's just like uh, there's none of the other ones that are lords have even broken through into the zombie decks for Correct. the most part. So the, that ability is pretty fringe for me to think this guy's going to make the difference. I mean, look, we'll do a whole conversation about zombie about uh, And zombies. we're going to go through more, yeah. But like the reason, if you guys are looking at this and wondering, okay, what's the difference? Merfolk is different because it has eight copies of a two-drop lord with a land walking ability right. slapped onto it. That's and it has a card that allows you to generate value off of giving you advantage on that ability. So, but the other end is that is that is that zombies have eight one-drop two ones that are unkillable. True. True enough. Yeah. If, now, like that, and we'll get to that card as well. So we'll continue. Uh, Vizier of Remedies, one white. 2-1, Human Cleric. If one or more minus one, minus one counters would be put on a creature you control, that many minus one, minus one counters, minus one, are put on it instead. This probably is the most powerful card in modern from this set. Because uh, it's, another say it piece, right it's another piece of the combo. It works with, Mal it's another Malira, so it works with Kitchen Finks and or any Persist creature that not go off. It also works with the Elf that puts a minus one, minus one counter and make infinite mana. So it, it, it now works with two different combos in the deck. That, and that combo lets you then use any kind of card draw outlet, which there's the, what's the two drop green creature? Four mana, top five cards. You're four mana, top five cards? From Shadows of Innershot. You look at the top four cards or five cards and you pick a creature from it and put oh, it in your hand. Oh, oh, oh the, the werewolf. Yeah. He's called, uh, I can't think what he's called, but I'll look him up. You keep talking. Yeah. Uh, so that guy, and then you can find, once again, Walking Ballista with that, and then you just go infinite and win. So. It adds an additional I win no matter what combo to that deck while also playing with the game plan that already exists. Duskwatch uh, Recruiter. Duskwatch Recruiter. And beyond that, it doesn't use that combo doesn't use the graveyard, so it's a way for that deck to win without graveyard hate. That is also all collected companyable. It's definitely a playable another addition to that deck that's gonna be This really card's strong. powerful. It adds something. I don't know how much it adds considering that deck was already good and like didn't really need more copies of its combo. Well, but but the, but the deck was worse recently because of dredge accidental hate. The cards that are good against it are really good against Dredge, and because Dredge was a problem and is a problem still, that graveyard hate hurt Collected Company. And the fact and that it this now works without collect without great using the graveyard, it doesn't need because to of persist the, because of the mana thing. Because yeah. of the dust, yeah, because of the infinite mana side, and that both of those cards are pretty decent on yeah, their own. Makes sense. All right, next, and this is a weirder one. Uh, Embalmer's Tools. This is a two mana artifact. Activated abilities of creature cards in your graveyard cost one less to activate. Tap it, untapped zombie, you control, target player puts the top card of his or her library into the graveyard. That part doesn't matter. It's really the fact that it makes all unearth and embalmed creatures cost one less. And any other effect, kind of like, um, what's the skeleton? That Two mana, like, oh, the reassembling Reassembling skeleton? skeleton or effects like that where, I'm not saying that's specifically the one, but sure. anytime you make an effect cheaper, there's ways to possibly break it in ways that haven't been thought of. Training grounds, training grounds, training grounds. Right, this yeah. is the training grounds for flashback yeah, yeah, yeah. or flashback creatures. <laughs> it's fine. I, I read this card. It's it's whatever. It has that zombie ability is interesting, but it's I, I don't think there's much to this card. We can move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is another card I think is very strong. Um, this is Sensor. One blue, one colorless, counter four spike, counter target spell, unless it controller pays one, cycling. The reason I like this card is I think this is better than Mana Lake in Modern. Because it draws you a card. Because it's good turn four and beyond, and it's way better with Path to Exile. Yeah, true. Because the problem with Mana Lake with Path is classically, I'm ramping you so you can pay for the Mana Lake. Yeah. This, once it's dead, you draw it. You just, you just cycle it, and you have a new card. 
Yeah. And it turns on delirium and it does all the other things we've mentioned that's good. Um, also, cycling instants and sorceries are something to look at because Snapcaster Mages is just generically going to be decent with them because you can cycle this, draw a card, and then Snapcaster for the effect later on. Yep. It does a lot of really cool things. It's fine. I, I think the actual effect of two mana for four spike is weak, so I don't know how good that actually is. Cycling, Ben. It's cycling. No, I, I'll give it to you. <laughs> I, just, I just mean, like, I, you say very powerful, I say moderate. I say moderate. I, okay. Maybe, maybe. I'm not, I'm not, not convinced. It just seems, sure. it seems a little loose. Uh, next is Blood Rage ba Brawler. This is a red and a colorless for a Minotaur Warrior 4-3 when it enters the battlefield, discard a card. It's a 4-3 for two. That's already pretty high on the power level scale. That allows you to get something out of your hand. And, and, and you can discard this into Lingering Souls, and now you have a free free 2-2s. Two They're not free 2-2s, two but you know there's there's value you get from discarding in general. Something to look at. It, it definitely does a lot of... There's a lot of words on this that all work pretty well. I mean, look, this is basically Talara's Battalion in red, except like you don't, <laughs> except like you don't need to do something really clever. You just have to have a card in hand you can discard. So, seems uh, better. Yeah, I, I mean, at worst, discarding is a discarding your own card is an okay. It's like a mediocre drawback. You're generally going to be pretty fine without it. You're but very often, you can get value out of it. It's so easy to make it a actual draw card in some senses. Yeah, I mean, like, you play yeah. this in a madness deck, like an ag aggressive madness deck. Oh, yeah. Seems awesome. Uh, next on the list, one drop, time to reflect, instant, exile target creature that blocked or was blocked by a zombie this turn. Really? You put that on the list? I just read that it said blocked or was blocked. I never see how it read. So it's, just, it's not just if you have a zombie exile path. That makes me sadder. This card's not as good as I thought it was. Moving on. <laughs> uh, this one's better. Flame Bit Blade Adept. One red, Jackal Warrior Menace. Whenever you cycle or discard a card, Flame Blade Adept gets plus one, plus zero until end of turn. The, the, the key to this one is, I mean, in standard right now, there's a way on turn three to deal 20 damage to a player with this and the uh, news constrictor and the black card that returns all cards discarded this turn to your hand. Wow. Um, How? So turn one this. Turn two, News Constrictor, swing with this, do one damage. Okay. Turn three, so that you have one, two, you have two cards in play, so this of four, and you've drawn two cards, so you have five cards in hand. Yep. Discard five cards. News Constrictor gets plus one, plus one, five times, and this guy gets plus one, plus zero, five times. Play the black card that draws back all cards you discard this turn. Discard them again. They both get plus five and plus five. Swing for 20. Couldn't Something. you also play the new card that we haven't talked about yet on here, the three mana uh, split card that the three oh, mana oh, split oh. card that doubles damage? You could, but not on turn three. It costs three, doesn't it? You oh yeah, but you then yeah, yeah, you could do that. I see what you're saying. So you discard yeah. everything and have ten and it would double to twenty? Yeah. Sick. So that's standard. So if you can do that in standard, I yeah. feel like there's something to look at it modern. Powerful. Yep. Yeah. And, and there's other there's other ways to discard. We talked, you know, the zombie infestation with this is really good. There's yeah. other things that you can kind of gain value. Um, yeah, just a altogether good card. Uh, this one's a weird one, and this one has a pretty specific use that I want to bring up. But grasping dunes. This is a land desert, which it's, hopefully it's, we get sweet desert. Desert, right? Uh, no, it's sacrifice to put a minus one minus one counter on target creature. Oh, in desert you had to just tap to do it. Tap. Desert does tap to deal one damage to target attacking creature. Okay, or blocking so, so creature. it's a little different. Yeah, yeah. The, the big thing with this one is that it's reusable with stuff like 
Crucible Worlds as a minus one, minus one to things. It's a removal spell on a, on a land. And it puts a counter on it. It puts just a counter, yeah. yeah. So they, like it does a lot. You have to do it at sorcery speed, so you can't kill stuff at instant speed. But there's it's an inexpensive ability, though. Yeah, and it's on a colorless thing, so Eldrazi could play it. There's like, definitely yeah. decks that would maybe take advantage of this. Definitely something to keep an eye on. Oh, good. Uh, we're at lands, and now we're at rares. We've moved from uncommon. First is Honored Hydra. Six mana, six, six, trample, but you can embalm it for four. Six, six, trample for six, that embalms for four. Yeah. So the, it's, it's really a six, six, trample for four that you have to get into your graveyard somehow. So you just discard this to something early, and you get a six, six on turn four? Yeah, play Liliana, discard this, and then when you want one, you have a six, six, trampler. Seems good. Yeah. yeah, I mean this is the this is um the what the card this is the card that existed before it was the worm reckless worm yeah yeah, yeah. it was reckless worm it was originally arrogant worm yeah sorry arrogant worm reckless uh, worm is the color shifted red version oh I didn't know that card existed okay yeah. arrogant worm's the green one from got from, it uh, torment and then it got reprinted color shifted in, in planar chaos same converted mana cost and everything same card in red oh, okay just and red. it just doesn't okay it's Maybe in modern it, oh, okay yeah. then they just won't see play in modern because no. that card exists. Yeah, I didn't know that existed. <laughs> Colored shifted cards. All right, next is well, except except that this is better than that though because the it's red not card necessarily have better. No, the red card does have trample. Okay. It's not necessarily better. It's more about the fact that um, the red card you have to to get that value. You have to as you discard it, which means it's a more complicated. Turn. Oh, it's madness. Yes. Oh, 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 oh! It's not flat. It's not um flashback to get a worm in six. Because there's the flashback spell that's six. Are you six talking about Roar of the Worm? Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the Madness one. Got it. I'm talking about Roar of the Worm. Got it. Okay. Which is this. And that's not in Modern. No. Roar so this has a 100% chance of being a playable card in this format. Roar Sweet. of the Worm, which is also Torment, I think. Yeah. Seven mana for a 6-6 six, six that flashes back for four. Yeah. Yes. So okay. this is six mana for a 6-6 six, six trample that flashes back for four. Got it. Okay. Yep. Cool. So this can see play. Back back on board with the <laughs> the Snake Hydra. Plus, I love Snake Hydras. I think this is the hey. second Snake Hydra we've gotten. Sick. All right. Heart Piercer Manticore. This is two red, two colorless for Manticore. Uh, when Heart Piercer Manticore enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice another creature. When you do, Heart Piercer Manticore deals damage equal to the creature's power to target creature or player. You can also flash it back or embalm it to do the exact same thing. It's a 4-3. It's fleeing from the graveyard. That something that is fascinating to me. It's like a unique effect. I'm kind of looking at the things that do that we didn't have access to yeah. that you can flash back from your graveyard now. It is a 6-minute to do that, but also just in general, fleeing on a creature is something that is unique and powerful, and I'd like to see... It, it, I can see it possibly doing something interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, look, just 4-3 four, for 4. And when it comes in, you sack something and get that creature's power and damage. Yeah. So right off the bat, what comes to mind is... Oh, Tarmogoyf. Yes, Tarmogoyf's good. If you get Tarmogoyf big enough, he's like a... Even if he's a 5-6, swinging with Tarmogoyf and then playing this and Go then... Goyf's really good. I'm just trying to think, like, what other things have a lot of power for a low mana curve that you could reliably cart Hunted for? Yes. <laughs> Hunted for sweet. Um, Mere Superior. Phyrexian Soul Gorger. Yeah. 8-8 eight, eight for three. With a cumulative upkeep of sack of creature. If you had any any kind of, like, mana creature ramp in your deck going on. Like, what if you had... I, lo I love the idea of, like, a turn one bird into a turn turn two Soul Gorger into a turn three this guy sacking Soul Gorger and you sack your bird of the Soul Gorger. So, so, like... Yeah. That seems powerful. Yeah. It's a lot of damage. Yeah. This, and, yeah. I mean, it, it's something that didn't exist before. Plus, like, you have late-game stuff of, like, Gargadon if you're playing a dredge kind of uh, Life from Below kind of version. Not Life from Below, uh, Bridge from Below. And you have this in the graveyard, and then eventually you just have that much mana, and you're like... Is it when it enters? Is that what yeah. it is? It's not when you cast it. No, when it enters. So you have, like, Flicker. Well, it has Embalm. 
And you yeah. can flicker it all day long. The flicker effects. That's what's getting me. I'm just like, okay, so you have a soul gorger, and then, and then <laughs> you play you flicker like, wisp, and it bounces this, and then this sacks the flicker wisp, and then you do a three and other damage. It's fine. I also like the idea of like playing, uh, playing like uh, post mortem lunge for three, and bringing the soul gorger back, and then cloud shifting this guy to sack the soul gorger a second time. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> See. I, <laughs> Didn't have faith, has faith. This is a, put this on because you're going to want to talk about it. This is Curator of the Mysteries. Two blue, two colorless, four, four flying. Whenever you cycle or discard another card, scry one, cycle blue. It's a Sphinx, right? Yeah. This card's so sick. It is really good. This card's disgusting. This card is like, look at the rate on this. Just Let's just like for a second step back and look at it. Okay. Four, I mean, four, four, four flyer for four is good. It's already busted. Yeah. Like in the old well, days. Well, not in modern, but yeah. yeah. I mean, in the old days, a four, four flyer for, look. A 3-4 flyer with flash for four that has an incidental ability is one of the more powerful creatures in the history of modern. Well, no, and I mean, in the history of magic, Sarah Angel, which is a 4-4 four, four flyer for five, is the best creature in magic for a period of time. This yes. is not strictly better because it doesn't have vigilance, but otherwise is, like, comparable. The it's cards, probably better, though. And, and, it's the better s- than and the stuff printed on this card is nuts in terms of the advantage you get if you put it in a, a similar deck. And the fact yeah. that it cycles for a blue is just like, what? Yep. Though I do, I was thinking about it, and I talked with people. I don't think this is a, because we were talking before about it seeing play in Living End. Yeah. I don't think this is a Living End card. Partly because I don't think it offers that much more for to add an entire fifth color. Except for that As, as Foretold is going to make the cut. So I think it does become a Living End card. I don't think As Foretold makes the cut in Living End. Definitely does. As you play as foretold, then you cast Living End. No, but you just you have better ways of doing that that are instant speed. You don't need everything else in the deck is instant speed. Why would you play the sorcery one? Because it sits in play, and at any point in time, if you draw a Living End, you cast it. it just sits in play. Yeah, but as soon as you draw a Living End, you cast it. I think you want something that you want to cast. That's the only card in the deck that works with it. It's like a it's a dead card unless you have Living End versus all your other cards that just go find it for you, guaranteed. Well, also if the game goes long and things that's in play, you'll just draw expensive creatures and then cast them for free off of it. Yeah, that's not that's yeah. not a thing. All right, I'll, I'll give it to you. I still think this card's really good. And to add another color, like to add another color, and this is a sorcery feed effect that only happens when Living End is sure. your hand. When you like, there's things that all right. go wrong. All right, all right. Uh, commit in memory. It is blue three, uh, instant. Put target spell or non-land permanent into the uh, into the owner's library, second from the top. Memory is aftermath. Each player shuffles his or her hand and graveyard into his or her library, then draws seven cards. So what's interesting about this card to me is two things. One, commit is much better in a format with fetch lands. It is now actually a removal spell. It's an instant speed kill thing. They can't crack a fetch; they lose their thing. And it, and at worst, it just puts it on. No, no, if they crack a fetch, you. You commit anything. It's an instant. Oh, oh, in response to it? Yeah, sure, yeah. Sure. That's like when people used to play Submerge. Right, exactly. Legacy, yeah. And, and so it's kind of like Submerge, but and then on top of that, the you know the time toaster on the back end. In a control deck, like as a one-of, this will make it so you can keep rebuying stuff if you want to, put them from your graveyard back into your deck. Yep. You said memory is time twister on the back end? Did yeah. I zone out for that second half of the card there? Yeah, memory is each player shuffles his or her hand and graveyard into his or her library, then draws seven cards. Wow, for how much mana? Six. But it's a flashback, six. Seems like pretty powerful, actually. Yeah, I I, ca- I had <laughs> it in one of my pulls over the prelude, and every time I cast, I was like, "Oh, this is really good." Yeah, this card I was off my radar a little bit. Interesting. Interesting. Commits, commits good enough. It's a little bit weaker than it should be, and yeah. memory is a little bit weaker than it should be. But in modern, where an instant speed version of this is pretty good, you can also always cast. You know, commit is decent in modern. Yeah, because it also doesn't put it on top; it puts it second from the top. Yep. So you have time to deal. You get the, yeah, with yeah, you it. get the extra turn. I yep. agree. I agree. Plus, you play Ghost Quarter, and then you're just like, sick. Do you Let's want your card back, or do you want that land? What's next? Anointed Procession. 
One white, three colorless. If an effect will create one or more token creatures under your control, it creates twice that many tokens. It's white parallel lives. It's it's it yeah. needed to be in white for a long time. Yeah. White's a token color. Like this should have been printed forever ago. Yep. And now we have it. And Gideon's Sim- all walking on it. Pretty simple. Talking to people. I, I It'd be interesting if this effect is better in... Because this is in white, if there's a deck that can take advantage of it, that's pretty much where I'm at on it. Is playing... Just Sorry, you just mentioned Gideon. That's something I thought of. Is playing Gideon of the Trials in Mental Magic a good move? Because you get one effect or spell per turn. So you ultimate him the turn you play him. And you just play four mana Gideon, five mana Gideon, bad five mana Gideon, bad four mana Gideon until they can't win. Well, you have to be able to untap and kill them. You have to do anything to them. So if they kill a Gideon, you have to play another Gideon. Otherwise, well, they but, can But kill if you it. have a Gideon in Mental Magic, can they win? If you have a Gideon in play and his emblem in play, can they win? No. So then can't you just keep... If you play that Gideon on turn like five, and then just for every turn after that play a Gideon, they can't, kill, they can't win. Well, except that... They oh, just they could just kill Gideon the last turn, and if you have less life than zero them, life. Okay. exactly. Okay, so that won't work. Except that Gideon's a super sick card, so they don't kill Gideon. Your five minute Gideon's like, okay, I'll swing for six. Your turn, like that. Well, but they have to not kill Gideon. But if they kill Gideon, they haven't done anything proactive. So then I feel like it's actually well, and, and something like the four mana Gideon where you get up a two two is like even if they kill the Gideon, you don't have a two two that's matching him in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's maybe a good play. Planeswalkers are probably better in mental magic than we've been giving them credit because they create a threat while pre- presenting a threat. I've been playing them a lot. I've I've played four man Elspeth like a lot. Yeah. So I, I think uh it's I'm on turn four in the mid game I'm in the, in the uh-huh. middle of right now, though this is actually you'll hear this later, but um and I'm trying to decide if I should play Gideon at the trials. I kinda think I should. I'm like sure. seriously considering it. All right, next. Or maybe I should play, because on curve, I should play four mana Gideon now, make a creature. That's what I should do. I should play the good Gideon later, except because he's not playing in white, so then he can't snake me. Sure. So I play it later after I've generated creatures and stuff. Yeah, play four mana Gideon, make tokens. Yeah, start bashing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sweltering Suns, red, red, colorless, sorcery. Sweltering Suns deals three damage to target creature, or to each creature, cycling three. Yeah, it's a slag storm meets anger meets cycling. It's yeah. sick. <laughs> like, uh, do you think there is a reason to play this over Anger of the Gods? No. Yeah, the exile effect is... The reason you play Anger of the Gods is the exile effect. The exile effect and anger is so important. It, like, it, it's, it's like 85% of why that card is good. Because... I play Pyroclasm, I think, otherwise, every single time. Three, three is important, but yeah, I would agree. I would agree. What three? I mean, like, everything that... Everything that dies the three is a... Doesn't like there are a bunch of things that lightning bolt can kill, yep, and yeah, anger hits all those. I don't know, yeah, you'd want to you'd want to play something with a wider effect if you were there. Are more, I think there's more X1s and X2s than there are X3s, yes, because if, if, if it's expensive enough to be a three toughness creature, it is probably too expensive to not have four toughness to survive lightning bolt. Two versus three without the exile effect may as well be five damage, yep. like you may as well go big, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Harvest Season. Green, two. Sorcery. Search your library for up to X basic land cards, where X is the number of tapped creatures you control, and put those cards onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. This can ramp you very high. Cost three or four? Cost three. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with mana creatures and, like, an elf's, in an elves deck, basically, and mana creatures, this just seems like you would go completely bonkers. Yeah, you just, like, you have 12. You can put a lot of lands into the play with this. You would play, like, you would play, like, an elf one. And then on, that no, wouldn't be good turn two. You'd play like an elf on turn one and like, oh, I'm going to sneeze. Two Sorry. elves, three elves. <coughs> yeah, I think you'd play this on like turn three or four to yeah. ramp to like eight. And that's in elves. I mean, like, think about this in like just a, a 
anything playing Lingering Souls. Basic lands you're searching for, though. True. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, moderate. I mean, your, your decks aren't playing that many basic lands. Yeah, you have to build it. I mean, that's why Elves is better, because you're playing a bunch yeah, of basic lands. Yeah, yeah, this card's okay. Seems like a trap. Might be a trap. Yeah. Throne of the God Pharaoh. Legendary artifact. At the beginning of your end step, each opponent loses life equal to the number of tapped creatures you control. Speaking of Elves... Yeah, elves uh, and tokens. This is good. Yeah, elves, tokens, affinity. Those are the three places I've heard people talk about it. In affinity, it's a way to get around things that might be stopping you from killing you for whatever reason, uh, or it's just a, another aggressive threat to your deck that isn't killed by creature removal. Um, it's obviously really good in elves, where you're tapping a bunch of creatures every turn, and it's a way to kill them over some type of you know board glut or whatever you can't get over. I think this card's good. Yeah. I think it's. Pretty specific, but I like I like the idea of it, especially like it also it also gets around white ley line. Yeah, because each opponent loses. Each so opponent, yeah. so decks that have a problem with that, like burn, this could be something to answer that as well. Yeah, seems good. Yep. Seems good to me. All right. Speaking of returning a bunch of cards from your graveyard back to your hand, retur- Shadow of the Grave, black colorless instant, return to your hand all cards in your graveyard that you cycled or discarded this turn. Okay, so this is a big, this is a big like storm type of card, and it's not storm, but it's yeah, a big storm re- or like a, a zombie infestation or, or a it's a big reset. Type yeah, of card. it's a reset type of card. Yeah, so it it's meant to like you're getting value off of it. Just it, it gives you a, a pretty degenerate way to start doing stuff with big discard effects. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like I've been trying to build this shenanigans Highlander deck now for like about a week, which is all. Like Jeskai Ascendancy, Cheerios kind of a thing, but because it's a hundred card format, you don't have enough cheap, uh, like a zero mana equipment and ways to access those SRAM and, and whatever. Sure. So I've been running into like, you can generate all the looting that you want, but if you don't have a way to just refill your hand conveniently, you can't do anything. Right. And this is one of those things where like magic doesn't often create an easy way for you to generate three, four, five, and six cards in one turn. Right. And this is one of those ways. Well, and, and, you know, like, there's the, and I don't know how well it plays in this because it turns off the combo a little bit, but the Treasure Hunt uh, Zombie Infestation decks. Yes. Where it's like, I discard 30 lands, I make a bunch of 15 zombies, and then you could get all those lands back and make another 15 zombies with that. That's a little bit win more and probably doesn't work there, but that's, a like, it, Zombie Infestation decks are things that exist. So this plays really well in there. So I definitely think there's interesting things to do kind of in this space. Definitely, definitely. Um, and something that, yeah, it's, you know, powerful effect is powerful effect. Plus you can flash it back with Snapcaster Mage because it's a spell. Shock. Uh, oh, God, where'd deck go? What do we got next? What do we got next, Kessler? What do we got? Um, what do we got? Pull from tomorrow. X, blue, blue. Draw X card, then discard a card. So this is blue sun zenith, but instead of it costing three blue, you have to discard a card. It costs two blue. It's an instant X spell that draws a bunch of cards. Way better. Way better. Way better. Yeah, because you only need two blue, so three blue. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like way better. Plus, so much better. Plus, three mana instant speed, draw a card, discard a card is like not good, but way more serviceable than three mana don't do anything. Shuffle your deck. <laughs> three, yeah, three mana loot at instant speed is bad. But four mana four draws mana, you discard one. Yeah, it, it's, at, at instant, instant speed, speed is fine. It's okay. Five mana draw three, discard one is good. Yeah, say. Five mana draw five mana draw three discard one. Well, actually, that's no, that's good. Especially and like ignoring like, I mean, it's not like it's not like oh man, modern playable. But the fact that it then scales up even higher, it's okay when you consider that in the correct deck, that's what thirst for knowledge is. Actually, is it makes it like ugh, that's really bad. Thirst for knowledge is already borderline playable. But it scales up. Yeah. So you get the six mana. Like think about it in like a Grixis mirror. At seven mana, draw five, discard one. I'm in. That's like the place. Well, that's what, like that's like I think at four mana you 
if you have nothing to do on four mana and it's the end of their turn and they've done something and you're like, oh, I have nothing, I didn't do anything with my mana, you definitely play this and draw two discard one. Especially if you're holding like a glut of lands and like you, now you can discard your land yeah, and like, just draw two I've cards. I definitely played like I would definitely put this in one of in a control deck and just like have it be a instead of ancestral visions, my card like it's kind of like Sphinx's Revelation, but Sphinx's Revelation isn't that great in modern. Because the life gain isn't as important as this would be, I think. Interesting. And the fact that you can do it on turn two is a stronger play. I would say that in modern... Plus, uh, plus flashing this back is much better. Like in, And actually, the discard effect is more relevant in modern because you want to get stuff in your graveyard anyways. In modern, a six-mana draw for discard one is... That's like the... You'd play two of these in like a Grixis deck, and it would be like the game-breaking. That's yeah. like... Yeah, yeah. Like I, think, I think the six-mana version is where it starts to t tilt into really unfair... Yeah, but the point is that it like it's like we're gonna talk about this especially when we get the Nissa. You play these effects because They're and that's like cycling yeah. is the same deal. You play these effects because when you play it at its mediocre, it's obviously mediocre. But you have something to do that turn and it's it's fine. It does something, but you're yeah. playing it because you want to get to the late game. But if you are in a situation where you're like, oh, if I don't draw land, I'm screwed. Yep. On my four, turn four, then I'm gonna cycle this. I agree. Yeah. So yeah. Seems good. Uh, What's that card called? That is called Pull from Tomorrow. Oh, yeah, Pull from Tomorrow. Okay. This is a card you're going to talk about. Sick. You think it's cool. I'm pretty low on it. I think it's just okay. Harsh Mentor. Oh, yeah, this card's great. One colorless, one red. Human Cleric. Whenever an opponent activates an ability of an artifact, creature, or land on the battlefield, if it isn't a mana ability, Harsh Mentor deals two damage to that player. It's a 2 1? It's a 2 2. 2 2. This I card's think good. It's. Fine. I think Burn will play it, maybe some in the main, maybe some in the side, and I think that's the only place it'll ever see play. I disagree with you. I think I think the advantage... The fact that you can... Like, the reason the reason Eidolon of Great Rebels is so good is that I can't kill it without taking two damage. This, I can literally just cast Lightning Bolt, and it does nothing. That's fine. You can cast Lightning Bolt and kill Dark Confidant, and it does nothing. You can you can cast lightning bolt. The turn I play, sure, but I can mitigate this damage. Mitigating damage is a lot easier to do than mitigating your card draw. No, I, I see. This is where I think you're. I think this is where I think you're a little off on this card. Is you're forgetting a couple things. One, if Eidolon costs red one, it would absolutely be the card in the cycle, but it doesn't. It costs red red, which makes Eidolon a very specific I said card. That earlier today, in you a stole very my line. Specific <laughs> deck. And on top but of that... But I think this is way worse than Eidolon. If you put Eidolon into your deck, you inevitably, because it's modern, are going to take some amount of damage from the card. You're right. just going it's to. Because it's too It's parallel. Yeah. So that's going to happen. The other cards in red, like um, Abbot of Carol Keep, which is a strong card, again, has to be put into a very specific deck where you're taking advantage of your front side of Abbot. Sure. And lastly, Pyro uh, 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 the one that makes elemental tokens, Young Pyromancer, Young Pyromancer which is strong, but Young Pyromancer is another card where it has to be in the correct deck, and also mitigating your advantage off of Young Pyromancer is not very hard because you're just making like a 1-1 one, one or two 1-1s. One, this card, on the other hand, this interacts with most of what people are doing in their game plan in a one-sided manner, which is not the same as I, Eidolon. I don't know. I've, like Other than fetch lands, what does it really interact with? Artifacts, I'm, creatures, and lands? No, no, no. But what artifacts, creatures, and lands are people really playing that, like most people playing that they need so regularly that if they took two damage once or twice a game, it would be backbreaking. Viscera Seer, they lose life. Uh, activating Inkboth Nexus, they lose life. Activating Etch, uh, uh, Steel Overseer, they lose life. No, uh, I think it's decent against Affinity. I don't disagree. But, I, like, I don't, like, Bob is generically good always in every deck. It's in unless you have a six drop in your deck. 
Uh, Snapcaster Mage is good against every deck in the format. Tarmogoyf is good every single time I've ever played it ever. Oh, uh, that's not true. It bridge, uh, in standard bridge, I think like, this, like card this card is like going the B, to Stoneforge Mystic you. is good always. Like the, the B at that status, you have to be always good, period. I, I think that this in. card is going to surprise you. Why are hate bears called hate bears? Because they're playable cards. Yeah, but none of the cards I just mentioned are hate bears. Yeah, but this is a hate bear. Sure, but the, it's not. I don't think it's one of the five I, best two drops ever. Printed I want to play this with Tunnel Ignis and Leon and Arbiter in a now it all comes. Well, Leon and Arbiter is terrible with him. Why? Because it stops people from fetching. You want them to fetch. They're just no. It's they both make fetching bad for people. No, they, no, they're both reasons that fetching. But is, but this the point of this is you want them to fetch and take the damage being like, I have to fetch to play this spell. The Leon Arbor makes him bad. You don't play these together, for sure. They like li- It's a nonbo in a way that's like makes this so much worse, and this card I'm already at low on. Eh, I disagree. Because the point, the reason this card is going to ever be good is because I'm like, oh, man, that's in play, but you know, I really want to cast spells. I'm just going to fetch anyways and take three. Or sometimes, oh man, if I don't play Liliana the Veil is my only answer to that, I'm going to have to take five. That's when this is really good. Because then they take seven in that situation. With with your guy, they don't tutor in the first place. They don't take any of the damage. Yes, you're uh, like Leonard Arbiter is good on his own, but you're now. Why are you playing this two? How much better would this other? card be in your mind if it referenced Planeswalkers as the fourth type? It would be much better, significantly. Better. Uh, no, no, no. I, it, I'd be pretty much the same space on it. Okay. You're, well, you're wrong. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see as prices will dictate. <laughs> uh, all right. This was a card that is probably the opposite. I've actually actually tested with this card. And it's sicker than people are giving it credit for. <laughs> Failure to comply. It's such a Kessler card. One blue, one colorless. Return target spell to its owner's hand. And then, that's an instant. Comply, one white, sorcery. Choose a card name until your next turn, your opponent can't cast spells with that chosen name. So I think this card's good. The, 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 the general, I count bounce your thing back to your hand, and then the next turn you can't play it, so I locked you out a little bit, is decent. Failure in general is okay. The fact that, once again, I'm really high on the fact that all of the Aftermath cards can be somehow put in your graveyard for value in some way, specifically with any mill effect, like a Thought Scour, specifically. Powerful, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the thing that I learned that is brutal is Comply can name Suspend cards. Oh. <laughs> they can't cast them? They, it stays exiled forever. So you can comply at Ancestral Visions. Wow. And you can failure at Ancestral Visions. Com- so this card is a nuts card against Ancestral Visions. Comply as an instant as well? Comply as a sorcery. Uh, okay. But it's until their next turn. So I, I, I know your, your Ancestral Vision is going to go off. I'll just cast Comply and it gets exiled. It's another, it's another card that can get rid of my Gargadon. No, yep, it's good against Argon too. Stupid. I'm like all on board this card. I think this card's sweet. I, 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 I've, I've been playing it in my Esper deck that I've, I'm recently brewing with, and I got two in Social Visions on it, and I was like, oh, I'm sold forever. I mean, look. Uh, I almost cut it because it might be the best thing it ever does. But Reflector really Mage sweet. was banned in, in yeah. Standard. Like, it's, it's, there, there it's are reasons. It's spell Reflector Mage, but it's, yeah, it's definitely a card that's but it's, worth it's, considering. But it's value. It's double-sided. I just yeah. mean, like, Reflector Mage was banned because they don't think that the play pattern is fun for people, and it, and it creates too consistent an advantage for them to allow to be in the format. And, like, I'm not saying this will, but it's not that far from it. Yeah. Nope. Uh, I'm, I'm high on this card. What do you got? Soul Scar Mage. One red, human wizard, prowess, one, two. All right. I like one, two, prowess, yeah, It doesn't have haste, but it mm-hmm. does have, if a source you control would deal damage, non-combat damage to a creature, and opponent controls, put that many minus one, minus one counters on that creature instead. Interesting. It gives all burn. Wither? Wither. 
Uh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's fine. I mean, the 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 prowess one two for one has a pretty decent history. I Definitely. Mean, the only other one is um, Swift Spear. Swift Spear, and obviously haste is much better than whatever this is doing. But having two of those effects in one deck seems interesting. Especially if you want to do a like a Delver deck without Delver, um, but then also the the fact that you can somehow play some value burn stuff and just like shrink their Tarmogoyfs. Like it, kind of the the thing that's interesting to me is like bolting a Tarmogoyf is much better with this in play than not. I like the idea of playing a blue red counter burn deck with with four Delver, four of this, and four of the other guy, yeah. and playing all of the cheapest cheapest spells on Earth with flashbacks. So you have all the value and playing like fourteen lands, just some burn spells, yeah. Imagine that playing like Seer, uh, what's the searing blaze like all of the all of the do two damage to a creature and x damage to a player effect yeah searing blood I mean that seems sick I li- and then like I even like the idea of just playing like cards that are kind of bad like distortion strike like why not like you just play distortion strike and you're like just all for right, the prowess yeah. I'll trigger both of these on prowess and then one will be unblockable and yeah. get like a plus up off the spell and See, then I'm, it'll come I'm, back and do I'm it again l- the next turn yeah no I think this is I think there's cool things here. I mean, it almost feels like, would you want to play Delver in that deck, or would you no, want to just play just more play, Prowess? I wanna, oh, I just want to play Burn. You just want to play Abbott. I was, I'd play, yeah, like, I don't even want to play Abbott. I don't know if I want Prowess after these. I want these two guys, Goblin Guide, and then just every mono red, double red, do a th- two damage to that creature and that player effect. So there's two of those spells. So oh, you don't eight need of those. blue? What? No, I don't even think you need blue. I think you'd want, well, yeah, I, I wish we had lots and lots of cast for one. Pingers are really good. Actually, this guy's really sick with uh, the flash ping everything haste guy. You know what would be so sick is don't play blue, play Naya, and play Thrill of the Hunt. Now, this is the deck where Thrill of the Hunt starts to feel like the card, right? For I don't one, know Thrill of the Hunt is. That's the flashback. One green, plus one, plus two, plus one, plus one, sorry, plus one, plus two to target creature till end of turn for a green and flashes back for white. So, like, in a deck where you're playing like one drop prowess well, creatures. So okay, so this is my why the point of this guy is the fact that he gives burn wither. Yeah, so you play your good burn spells. Well, but why, I mean, why like the prowess on one? I guess is just what you're excited about. Yeah, it's just eight okay. prowess one drops. That's, to me. <laughs> that's good. I mean, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you definitely play lightning bolt and like you definitely sure. play some burn spells. It's just interesting that that's the thing you're excited about, and then the cool weird ability that it has, you're just like not even on. I think that that's incidental. Okay. I think probably the Naya deck plays Nakadal instead of Delver. These guys, Guide, you play 16 creatures, uh-huh. and then you play like some amount of Burn, and you play Thrill of the Hunt, and any, any other like value flashback spells, and all of a sudden, you have like a really, really aggressive curve of prowess sure. creatures. Yeah. Think about that. One copy of Thrill of the Hunt makes one of these attacking for three on turn two. I mean, I think Thrill of the Hunt is bad, but we're going to... I disagree. It like it like t- yeah okay. <laughs> uh, Pyramid of the Pantheon, one colorless for an artifact, two mana. Tap it, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So it's it's for one mana, make a mana and make a brick counter, uh, but fix your colors or add three mana of any one color to your mana pool. Activate this ability only if there are three or more brick counters on Pyramid. Pyramid of the Pantheon. So you just have to build your bricks. So you need extra mana for three turns in a row, but then you get heavily paid off with a with a Lotus Bloom. There's a or couple of brick. There's a couple of brick counter things. There's the also the four mana cycle one. Of four. There's four. There's the one. There's the one that you get free spells off of eventually. Yeah. There's the one that taps people down. There's yeah. the one that uh, gains you life. Those yeah. are the four. Interesting. Yeah, I like this one though. This one's sweet. It has Black Lotus on it. <laughs> What's this one called? Pyramid of the Pantheon. All right, keep going. Du, 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 du. Where are we at? Dread Wanderer. 
One black, two one zombie jackal. It's a jackal. Dreadwanderer enters the battlefield tap. You may play a black and two to return Dreadwanderer from your graveyard to the battlefield. You may only activate this as a sorcery and only if you have one or fewer cards in hand. Most notably, this is just your grave crawlers five through eight in a yeah. zombie deck. Uh, but what's cool about this is if you get to the late game of a zombie game and they've been able to answer everything, the problem with grave crawler always was what if I don't have a zombie to get back? This allows you to play this first and then play a bunch of grave crawlers if you get to the late game. It definitely helps the zombie deck. I mean, yeah. I, I think the zombie deck has real legs now. This card is be, is one of the big reasons. Yeah. You're still missing the lords you need, but the fact that you have the density of one drops definitely makes a difference. Um, there's a there's another zombie I don't think we're going to talk about tonight, unless you put him on the list. I don't think you did, though. He's a black and two, and he's a 5-4 zombie that when he enters the battlefield, you put a you put two minus one minus one counters on a creature you control. And I believe it's whenever a zombie you control dies, you like drain gain one, maybe. But I was thinking about that guy and how powerful a 5-4 for 3 is that like doesn't care about the creature that dies. Basically, effectively says sacrifice a creature when he enters. And then also has like a drain gain effect where you can play some sort of a killing wave type of effect to just like go for it as your late game win. Seems good to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, totally agree. I'm looking for any... Are we sure there's no two-mana zombie lords? Relentless, Relentless Dead is the closest one we've got. Relentless Dead is the two-mana like really good zombie card. Um, there's no actual two mana zombie lords though. You have Bad Moon at two. Have you been looking? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I won't spend my time. All right. Uh, yeah. So I mean, we're getting to a number of two mana one one or one mana two 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 ones that are uh, impossible to kill. Yeah. And, and ways to gain value off of that. And I think a devotion game plan in that world is also something that's really interesting. You get the two mana one that gives everything uh, fear or menace or whatever it is. Sure. Two mana. Intimidate. It's intimidate. Okay. It's a devotion intimidate. So every black, for whatever your devotion is, that many creatures gain intimidate. Oh, oh Mo- Mogi's Marauder. Yes. Yeah. And then you get you get Gray Merchant. You get Nykthos. Like Nykthos is really good with a bunch of one drop black creatures, and black is the best card for Nykthos because you can play Urberg. I think there's a lot of cool stuff you get to do with this. Yeah, Blood Soaked Champion was the closest we had gotten to another recursive black, but it was not a zombie. It was human, right. so we couldn't use it. Um. So next is probably my favorite cards from this set. And that's the Cycle Lands. Sheltered Thicket being the all-star of that, being the red-green cycler. <laughs> um, the m- other important thing is that they all have the basic land types of ally types. So this is a mountain forest. There's a swamp mountain. There's a island mountain or island swamp. There's a island plains. And there's a plains forest. Yes. And all of them are good. Cycling lands has been something missing from the modern format since its existence. The you know one of the reasons that life in the lone decks have never been a thing is because the cycle lands didn't exist. Now, is it fast enough still, and is it good enough? I don't know. It might be, but the fact that now that cycle lands exist with life in the lone and all the other things that 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 needs there's a heavy chance that that deck becomes a much more playable beast. I think these are good, and I think they will definitely see play. The, th- the most important thing you didn't mention is that they are... Well, you, you mentioned that they are... Fetchable. Yes, but yeah. they're the fetchable. That's the most yeah, important yeah. thing. Well, it's you gain that value. They're fetchable. You can cycle them. The other thing is uh, you can now play cycle uh, Splendid Reclamation decks. So you play Jun Splendid Reclamation instead of... any. It's, like, it's a half Valkyrie deck, half, um, half Scapeshift, half that, where you're playing... All eight cycle swamp or cycle mountains, and then you play that plus scape shift, so you can do kind of both, and you right. discard them, and then you can bring them all back at once with Valakut. Does a lot of cool stuff. There's a lot. There's there's cool stuff that these 
they're going to do a lot. They're a new thing. There's a land that does this. And People are definitely going to try them out. Yeah. There's no doubt. They'll make an impact. And these are, I would say these are definitely better than any of the Skylands. And the Skylands have seen decent play in modern since their existence. I agree completely. Yeah. I'm excited about these cards. Uh, all right. Now, into the Mythics. That's it. We're, we're out of the we're out, out of the, out of the woods. Yeah. This is Mythics. First one, five mana. Liliana's Death's Majesty. Plus one, create a 2-2 two, two zombie mill two cards. Minus three, reanimate. And it's a zombie. Minus seven, destroy all the zombie creatures. So there's 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 one big thing on this. There are two things. Okay. The reanimate when it comes into play. Yeah. That's a like five mana is expensive, and we haven't seen a lot of the even the four mana on Barrow Lights hasn't seen a ton of play. But the fact that this offers that while also keeping a Liliana in play that's making two two zombies every turn and then continually milling you past that is a really powerful effect. And it also comes in pretty high. It comes in as a six loyalty thing. If you plus. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, look, it, it comes down with five. You minus it, and it stays alive at two loyalty after that. Like, that's yeah. that matters. That's a big thing. You are left with a sweet creature and a Liliana living. Um, and then the fact, like, I mean, yeah, the, the, the whole the relationship between the first ability and the second ability, and also the fact that it takes three turns to, to destroy everything, it, and it comes down. For five mana, you get this Planeswalker to come down, and if you don't minus it, it comes down on six. Mm-hmm. That's and you have a two-two zombie to protect it, and you theoretically, if you're playing a deck that's milling yourself, you're or reanimating, you're going to want stuff in your graveyard anyway. So you kind of drew two cards on top of that. This might do something in. This will be good in standard, I think, but it might do sure. something more in modern than people realize. That actually, that's why, yeah, that's why I'm putting it on here. Like, it has potential to be a very powerful card. It's possible this ends up going into mono black, like the first deck ever to play Gristlebrand as a reanimate target to just straight value you, like just a mono black. Model Black Control with Grizzlebrand and this and maybe some other decent value reanimate targets seems pretty great. Seems good to me. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe you wouldn't play Mono Black. Maybe you'd want to play some red so you could, like, discard. So you On Burial like, Rights. Or, like, looting or something. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't seem bad. Like, uh, like in, in and maybe Modern, this is a better place to do it. But in Standard, I was even brewing with her and Nahiri. Yeah. Because you can play Nahiri on turn four, mill, you know, discard... Ulamog and standard, but Grizzlebrand in modern, and then turn five, cast Liliana and bring Grizzlebrand back, and you're off to the races. And then that, that's a deck that you're now Mardu, so you also play in burial right, so you have multiple copies of different ways to do it. You play Faithless Looting, and then you get really good removal out of the out of the format. Plus, you just get yeah, and the Hiri's, and the Hiri's ultimate allows you to do the same thing with Emrakul. You get that, out of it. That deck seems sweet. I would, yeah. build, I would build that deck with you. That sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. See? see, you're on board now. <laughs> uh... Next on our list, yep. Kefnet the Mindful. Blue, two colorless, legendary creature god, flying indestructible, 5-5. Five, five. He cannot attack unless you have seven or more cards in hand. You can pay for it to draw a card, then you may return a land you control to your hand. I think this is the only god that has any potential to see play in modern, and I'm not even sure if this one does. Kefnet? It's the blue one. K-E-F? K-E-F-N-E-T. K-E-F-N-E-T. Okay, let me just read this again. I read this in preview season. I didn't see one this weekend. Um, Kef-Net, the mindful. So, okay, yeah, I mean, three mana is a reasonable cost. Yep. Five, five, flying, indestructible, st- solid stats. I like the creature type, God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't Very love holy. that uh, the seven cards thing. When, in what modern deck do you ever have seven cards in hand? Like, I think you can play a control deck that is aiming to do that. When what like I that just that what the remand deck? cycle cryptic command and special visions deck that's gonna have this as its top end removal threat. I mean the problem with this card is also that path just wrecks it. I I I agree that this is unlikely, but I don't see any other gods doing it either. Yeah, it seems loose. 
I need to have one god on this list. Yeah. None of them are really what, that your, sweet. Yeah, what's, oh, in Standard, I think this card's awesome. I yeah, think in, definitely, in, definitely. in like Commander, this card is sweet. But, yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. This is maybe... Actually, I lied. This might be my favorite card in the set. It's one red, two colorless, instant, glorious end. This card's sick. End the turn. Exile all spells and abilities on the stack, including this card. The player whose turn it is discards down to his or her maximum hand size. Damage wears off in this turn and until end of turn effects end. At the beginning of your next end step, you lose the game. I've been using Sundial of the Infinite in every deck I've ever built for I can't even tell you how long. I know Kessler's never played with that card. He's really not a fan of that card, but I ben love is that. full <laughs> of lies. I have cast Sundial of the Infinite more times than you have probably in your entire life. I'm trolling. I have Sundial of the Infinite in my foil Geist commander deck because you get to keep the angels <laughs> after the attack step and it's I glorious. love I love Sundial. I'm a big fan of it, but this card is sick. This is not So, yeah, so I uh, we will do an episode. So we will do every, every so something you know part of the Patreon is we uh, if you are a $5 donator or above, you get to once every set, we will do a brew episode about modern decks that are playing with new cards from that set. And me and Ben normally submit one of our own brews to that, and then we'll take two to three brews from the Patreon account. It's coming right up. Uh, and, and we'll be doing this very soon. Um, and so get your brews ready with all the new cards. But my brew is going to be playing Glorious End, and it's sweet. I've already been testing it on my phone. It's really cool. <laughs> it doesn't cost two, which is a shame, because otherwise you could combine it with uh, Sundial and uh, Isochron Scepter, and you could go infinite. Yes. I think that's on... I don't know if it's on purpose, but I think the world is a better place. Because you can't do that? Because you can't do that. Yeah, I think so, too. But Glorious End is really good. I mean, you, can still, you can still put this with a uh, panoptic mirror and then cast this every turn and end the turn with Sundial. But if you're going to do that, you may as well just put Time Warp on panoptic mirror yeah. and just do it Yeah. the real way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, but this guy has another thing to do with Glorious End. The other cool thing, and this is standard legal, Gideon of the Trials. This white, card, white, I'm colorless. Out. Planeswalker Gideon, plus one until your next turn. Prevent all damage target permanent would deal zero until end of turn. Gideon of the Trials becomes a 4-4 human soldier creature with indestructible that's still a Planeswalker. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to him until in this turn. Zero, you get an emblem with as long as you control a Gideon Planeswalker. You can't lose the game and your opponents can't win the game for three mana. I think this has a, a chance of seeing significant play in modern. Mm. I think there's three... Off the top of my head, there are three versions of decks that want to play this. One is just ones that want a three-mana Gideon. Near-death like, experience. That's number... number. <laughs> that's not one of your not, decks. Not one, <laughs> no. None of them. <laughs> uh, so, other than that one, but just a generic three-mana threat that's really hard to deal with, protects you from burn and way... Like, there, there are matchups that the, the ultimate will just be a great way of not dying that turn, in fact. Uh, and also just is a 4-4 four, four, for three indestructible that you're playing. Plus, it can protect you because it can lock down a creature that you're facing. Playing a turn two spell sky into turn three, this card in a, deck full of, <laughs> in, a, in a deck full of Gideons seems like so, so stupid hard to deal with. Sure. And well, not to mention just if you're against Death Shadow, if they just have one Death Shadow, play this Gideon, that Death Shadow no longer does damage to you. Yeah. Because it's a 1-1. One, one, or it, it's one creature. Like it, what we said earlier uh, in a conversation that, you know, this is a format where piercing strategies are kind of the main function of how to attack. It's one of the reasons that um, Ghostly Prison isn't as good as it should be. Uh, and Gideon is kind of the opposite of that. It's really good against piercing strategies. We're like, nope, that one threat you have isn't going to come at me. Right. Um, oh, and the next one. Sorry, I, that was the first deck. Second deck is um, not Living End, but Ad Nauseam. 
Yep. Uh, I don't think this is a main deck card. I think Phyrexian on life game one is much better because people generally don't have ways to stop it. But I think Gideon is a much better sideboard card for two reasons. One, it is on game plan. You ultimating him can go off with that nauseum. But two, it offers an additional threat if they have one of their uh, answers to ad nauseum. Your, your main game plan, this is another way you can kill them. So they have to deal with your main game plan of ad nauseum, ten, you know, ad nauseum to death. And Gideon allows them, you to kind of attack them in the same way. Yeah, I'm a fan. What's deck three? Or that uh, was deck three. Deck three is uh, the deck I was talking about. It plays Glorious End. <laughs> uh, dumb brews that Alex Kessler or Ben Bateman are going to make with this card. Look, near-death experience with this card <laughs> and all of the Gideons seems sweet. I mean, th- I like pl- curving this into five, four and five-mana Gideon. Like, that seems great. Yeah, no. I have, I have one four-mana and one five-mana in that list, too. Yeah. I like them. Uh, next, two colors, one red, Combat Celebrant, Human Warrior. If Combat Celebrant hasn't been exerted this turn, you may exert it as... It attacks when you do untap all other creatures you control, and after this phase, there's an additional combat phase. It is a 4-1. The important thing on this is that it goes infinite with Kiki-Jiki. But not like, but not like immediately, right? Doesn't, aren't there certain conditions? No, like no, they, no. It, they, it goes infinite. So, so Kiki-Jiki, the way it works, I mean, they have to... Not be able to block or something, right? No, no, no. Kiki-Jiki play, comes into play. You clone this. You only attack with the token. Even if they block the token... It untaps everything else. You make another copy of this, only attack with the token. Eventually, the 4-1 damage hitting creatures, if they have an indestructible creature, you can't kill them. Gotcha. But that, 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 one, that token attacking will eventually get rid of all their blockers, getting you to the point where you then can just make infinite tokens and win. Got so it. so it, it does go infinite. It, it's a little bit... Complicated? It's more complicated than a Splinter Twin, yeah. <laughs> but it does work. This means that also in Mono Red, there are now two different cards that go infinite with Kiki-Jiki because there's also Zealous Conscripts. Yeah. So that means you can play Kiki-Jiki, this card, Zealous Conscript package in decks that aren't necessarily white or blue. So that gives it off green and black are now options. I don't know why you would do that, but it's it now gives you versatility in different directions. Interesting. Uh, plus in Kiki Core decks or Kiki Evolution decks, this is a three mana version that goes infinite with Kiki, where before you only had the options of having to play four colors and go into blue and yada, 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 yada. Kiki Jiki decks seem to be getting better and better. Oh, every card that's printed makes Kiki Jiki slightly better. Yeah. Every creature. Just a Kiki Jiki bring to light deck with every version of these creatures ever now. Like yeah. there's so many of them now that are good cards. Sure. This is a good card on its own. Like yeah. uh, the the green blue guy. Yeah, he's pretty decent on his own. He's like a three yeah. three flash for three that has like an effect. A one four. Like there's a whole list of them now that you could you could totally get away with playing. There's actually two in the set. There's a white one in this set. You could play the you could play rug Kiki Jiki with bring to light and Kiki Jiki and just like. Well, I'm interested in Kiki. maybe talking about doing just green red, and you're playing like a full-on Eldric Evolution version of the deck. Yeah, that you're playing a bunch of small birds and stuff to get Kiki Jiki out earlier, or Eldric Evolution into him. While you also have this guy, like you have enough tutor effects with this. Eldri- yeah, I think it's something to definitely consider. Yeah, this is a card you're high on. As foretold, it is as foretold. Blue to <laughs> colorless, or blue two colorless, one blue enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a time counter on As Foretold. Once each turn, you may pay zero rather than pay the mana cost for a spell you cast with converted mana cost X or less. Or X is the number of time counters on As Foretold. You yeah, just it's, casts I mean, all the suspend cards for free, and then it gets better every turn after that. Yeah, you cast, I talked about it when you talked about earlier about Living End. Yeah. It, it casts all the suspend cards, which is the most important. So Restore Balance and Living End. And uh, yeah, I think this vision. is a, a serious contender to make that Restore Balance deck a real thing. Because the most important detail about Restore Balance is some people don't remember that Balance references hand size, creatures, cards, uh, creatures, hand size, lands. 
Yeah. And maybe that's it. Doesn't yeah, reference artifacts, artifacts or enchantments. enchantments. So or this stays in so this stays in play. Cards. This stays in play yeah. after you've sacrificed everything, which means if you, if you have no lands left, this thing's ticking up, and every card you draw for the rest of the game, you now have a significant mana right. advantage against your totally. opponents with. So that's pretty good. Yep. So how many times are you going to suspend Gargadon on turn one and then cast this on turn three, sacrifice casting everything. Restore Balance and sacrifice all your lands? Seems so sick. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm just like so into that. Everyone just got kind of excited about that happening. All right. Last card. This is the last card we're talking about until I look at Twitter and see if people reminded us of cards we forgot. Okay. Nissa, Steward of the Elements. This is the first X Planeswalker. Blue, green, X. Planeswalker, Nissa, plus two, scry two. Zero, look at the top card of your library. If it is a land card or a creature card with converted mana cost less two or equal to the number of loyal counters on Nissa, Steward of the Elements, you may put the card onto the battlefield and minus six, untap. Up to two target lands you control. They become 5-5 five, five elemental creatures with flying and haste until end of turn. They're still lands. The important, one of the important things is just this on turn three is fine. It's a lot of play to this card. There's a lot of play yeah. to this card. And like it's it's good kind of always. That's kind of the you know, we talked about the blue draw spell and the fact that that's an X spell and the fact that this can on turn eight kill your you know, just do ten damage out of the nowhere. So good for for several reasons. Number one, yes. Ten damage on turn eight's great. Like the fact that you can just dome them for that is something that like planeswalkers don't have. They're yeah. Ugin has like a good ability, but like this has that ability. Mm-hmm. The fact that this is the first card really printed that is a powerful enough effect to combine with counterbalance that you could sure. legitimately try to build the counterbalance like countertop. Like it's no top. But no, no, I don't. I, I, ha- I have to disagree with that one because actually. it's not instant speed. Yeah, it's it, like I've played Miracles and Legacy for a while, and like the instant speed is the thing that's important. You have to be able to respond to what they're doing. Oh, sorry, I, I said countertop. I, I was thinking Miracles, not countertop. Oh, oh, oh Miracles, yes. I, can I, give you I had it. I misspoke. I, I was thinking yes. This is this is the closest closest thing. And Jeff Roberts, who's a listener on my anchor station, called in a few weeks ago when this got spoiled and said something similar. And I agree with him. I think Miracles is a place you could legitimately take this. Uh, beyond, I, I'm actually so the thing I, I was thinking about is, and and people have talked to me is, uh, blue green Tron. Yeah, man because because you put this, you know, I mean, the getting to the blue and green mana is hard, but you have all the mana rocks that filter into the colors you need. But then you can start just zeroing, and you get most of the things you want to play once you get this high enough. Or you can just cast it to do a bunch of damage. Like it has a lot of good effects there. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think awesome. she has a lot of play. Once again, versatility. That's what this set is about. Like in review of this set, now that we've gone through every card on our list, is every card is versatile. Like I felt like every single card did six things when I was playing in the, in limited. I would agree. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. I think yeah, I think it's I think the set the set's super deep in terms of play patterns. I think it'll be really fun. And yeah, this card seems great. What decks did you build? While I go look at Twitter to see if anyone's brought up anything. What w- decks did I build? When you pre-leased? Oh, uh, limited. The, the deck I played was black, white, green, and it was. Uh, I opened up the 2-1 zombie, the recursive zombie. I mm-hmm. opened up the 5-4 demon, the cycler. I okay. opened up... I did open Glorybringer, but I decided not to play Glorybringer because I didn't think my red was that good. Um, my promo was the green-black 2-2 that whenever minus one, minus one counters are placed on creatures, you make snakes. Okay. The commander. Um, and then my other three rares were the brick-making draw cards thing. That, you know, the I got that in two. I got that in the team sealed event, and I got that as my promo in the first one. I p- tried to play it because it seemed like a good grindy card, but I never drew it. And then the other two I got were not good limited cards. I, I opened as foretold, and I opened the black lobotomy for artifacts. Got it. Um, so I ended up playing black white green. I had like I had the the three three flyer for five that cycles and embalms. I had two of the three three flyers for six that cycle. For one, 
I had like uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I had the four or five beetle for five that when it attacks, you put a minus one minus one counter on sure. the creature. That thing's really good. I had some pretty interesting cards, yeah. but my deck wasn't like crazy sick. Uh, midnight pre-release, I had uh, Liliana, the Black uh, Murder, in not embalm uh, aftermath. There's an aftermath that has murder on one half, and then you oh. exile, make a two-two zombie for no, the other no, half. No, it's not murder. It's the one I'm saying. It's 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 heroes. It's heroes downfall. Oh yeah, heroes creature downfall. Creature or planeswalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're correct. It but it's a sorcery. Uh, I had the demon, and then I had the black red minotaur, the four-two. It's like that, but you can discard a card to do minus one, put a minus one minus one counter creature, and they can't block is like an insane card. Yeah. Uh, then so I did black red for the first one. Um, second match. Which was the one you you left and I played in the next in the next limited one. I was blue green, and I turned five the worm enchantment the eight mana worm enchantment. I played on turn mm. five because I was just blue green ramp and just like stomped people. That thing is unbeatable if you play it, and it's really unbeable when the you play it on turn enchantment? five. Yeah, it's uh, eight mana flying creatures can't attack you that your opponents control. And every end step make a five five worm. Oh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. That's really good, uh, and I just had a bunch of really good ramp to get up there, and the other good green big creatures. So that was that was what it was doing there. Sweet. And then uh, round three was two at a giant. My teammate was just a random guy. He was really cool. We won the whole thing, so I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> uh, he played a blue red embalmed deck that was Sick. like dis like a lot of discard effects, and like red was removal and cycle cards, while blue was just good embalmed creatures. And then mine was black, white, discard. So I would discard a lot of my like good value white cards and zombie. There was some zombie effects. And then I had, we both had, he had Consecrated Sphinx. He got the Invocation Consecrated Sphinx, yeah. which is just like an insane card. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had the clone. He had the Sphinx that can't be targeted. Oh, sick. And then I had, so we had two of the Red Gods and each of us played one. That's amazing. I think um, I think that uh, the... Oh, and cut and... Oh, that one's one we might... I guess we didn't talk about that in a release. The red do four damage target creature sorcery and then X black black drain someone for X. Oh yeah, that's really good. I, I was very impressed with that card. Um I think the fact that they decided to print and bomb in all the colors is something that I'm happy with. Yeah, I, I definitely I agree. the blue blue, white, black would have been the obvious like go to if you guys wanted to you know, if they if black well, white because that's the zombie colors in this set too. Yeah. If they wanted to do that they could have, but it makes me happy that to know there are red zombies, there are green zombies, like that's cool. Yeah, that's, man, a, that's the a cool man, thing. There's only one red one. I think there's only one green one. Oh really? Yeah, the green one's the roar of the worm or whatever. And, the red and then one the red is one is the, the firecat the, thing. Yeah, firecat. Man uh fling cat. Yeah. Or it's a manticore. Why is it not a cat? It should be a cat. That's weird. They only did. If they oh, cat tribals in this set. This set's so sick. Yeah, <laughs> I actually like the. I like the one one lifelink cat for one that embalms for one. Yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm a fan of that card. Yeah, that's yeah. good. All right, so that's that's it. No one on the the the, the only thing people mentioned were the Malira replacement and the red drop that you like so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's it for the cast today. I hope you guys liked it. Uh, the, you know, this set's really sweet. As we said, we're really hyped. I think this might be. I need to draft it more and make sure there's not like just weird color imbalances. But I've had the most fun at this with this set since I want to say cons block cons. It's was, been a minute. Yeah, like I, I, I liked all the other sets. Don't get me wrong, but this one is like the exact level of graveyard interaction and flashback and grindy and value and cool stuff and a return mechanic that's really popular. Yeah, I'm all about it. Um, make sure to follow us at Twitter on uh, at the MMCast. I am at Kess Wiley. I think Born of the Gods was the last one that I really loved. I loved. Uh 
just you know? kidding. No, I hated Boys and Girls. <laughs> um, <weird> no, <laughs> no uh, yeah, you can find me Ben Maiden Media. You can find me Ben Maiden Media on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, Instagram on everything, uh, Facebook on everything. Uh, make sure to follow us on Patreon. As we mentioned, you can get the lifelink your code there. You can submit cool, sweet brews you have with the new cards from this set to get into our Deck Tech episode. Um, it's play, play, great, you know, and it helps make the podcast happen. Make sure to check out the Command Zone. They're our sister podcast that make great commander content. They also do game nights. They just had one of the Seattle Seahawks on for an episode that cool. was on the Seattle Seahawks front page. So it's on YouTube. They go play commander. I'm in one of them. If you want to go find, I think I'm in episode two. I'm in the second one. Sick. Uh, I play Birthing Pod, the deck, because I was like, if I'm if it's banned in modern, I'm going to bring it back here. Uh, and yeah, so so make sure to check out Collective Comedy, Jimmy and Josh do great content. And yeah, download the Lifelinker app. Even if, if you, you don't want to donate to us. If you want to get the Lifelinker app, oh, yeah. find me on Anchor. Download the Anchor app and challenge and me him. on Thursday. You have to be the lucky person that gets the call because I get a bunch of calls Thursday morning for this usually. But uh, if you call in and you're the first one to call, then I'll challenge you. And if you beat me, you get the Lifelinker app for free. So uh, Anchor, Podcast Meets Twitter, super fun. 10 yep. Minutes of Magic, find the station. Perfect. Uh, one, one last thing. There, there might be in the next two weeks, there might be a week we take off. Just a heads up. Sounds good. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Bye, Bye guys. Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator.